Hello, and welcome to Battery Bargains, a series from the Batteries Included podcast, where we answer your EV buying questions. This is episode number 10. I'm Dominic Yoni, host of the YouTube channel, Drive Electric with Dominic, and I'm joined today by Martin Lee from the EV News Daily podcast, along with Tom Logney, senior editor at Inside EVs and host of the YouTube channel, State of Charge. Now, if you're looking for your own battery bargain, email us a short paragraph with Find My EV in the subject line and tell us about your use case and budget, and we'll see about featuring your case on an upcoming episode. All right, so let's start to sing off with our first case for today. Uh, And to be transparent, we've paraphrased these emails a bit for length and clarity. Uh, Actually, before we get going, I'd like to give a shout out to Al, who we helped a a few episodes ago when he was trying to decide on on whether to buy a new or used Tesla Model Y. He ended up getting a a new inventory vehicle with with, which with trade-in and incentives cost him about $36,000. So he sent us a a photos of what is this two-car solution now. He also has a uh, Chevy Bolt EV. And this is his dream garage because he used to own the uh, Spark EV and he likes, he thinks the Bolt is just a little bit like that with the fun driving characteristics and all that. So our first email comes to us from Sasha in Australia. He writes, my conundrum, I currently drive a Tesla Model Y rear wheel drive, but I'm about to move back to a rural area where the nearest fast charger is 435 miles away, that's 700 kilometers. We'll have, an, we'll have a RAV4 hybrid for road trips. However, I need a vehicle with up to 200, or 200 kilometers or 124 miles of range that can handle soft sand, corrugations, and carry two adults, a baby, and some surf gear. Budget is up to around 90,000 Australian dollars. That's around $60,258 US. Second hand is fine, and I'd even modify a vehicle to get the capability that I need. Would any of the European SUVs be capable enough to handle this, these sort of roads? Could you comment on the Subaru Salterra and its off-road capabilities, also considering the Volvo XC40, or even lifting a Tesla all-wheel drive and putting larger tires on it, I assume he means Model Y. Uh, the main thing I need is tires with at least 50 millimeters, two inches of radius to be able to run low pressure in soft sand and more than 20 centimeters or eight inches of clearance. Love your show. Please keep up Please keep up the great information slash entertainment, Sasha. All right. Wow. So Australia, well, so one thing he mentioned in, the, in this letter here, uh, Tom is the corrugation. So in Australia, on the they got these like dirt roads, which are really sandy, and the wind blows like these little, you know, ripples over it, and they look they're like nothing. But when you drive over them, they can shake a car apart. It's like I watched some videos today. It's amazing. It's what the, it'll unscrew bolts. It'll if you're carrying food items, it'll unscrew jars and like mix everything up in your car. It's 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 crazy. Anyway, uh, so. Well, I don't have a lot of experience driving on corrugation, so I, I don't know if I could tell you exactly what's going to work with that. Uh, but the interesting thing is you mentioned that one of the vehicles you're interested in is Subaru Solterra. I don't know a lot of people that own a Solterra, but I happen to run into one person that owns one uh, a month or so ago when I was up in Vermont. My in-laws live up in Vermont. I frequently talk about road trips I take up there. And Vermont's like one of the Subaru capitals of America. Like there's 
every other vehicle is a Subaru up there. It's crazy. Uh, and uh, so I ran across somebody that had one, and I, 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 he was getting in his vehicle when we were in a parking lot. So I said, you know, let me ask him what he thinks of it because I hadn't seen. They don't sell a lot of Solteras, so I don't see a lot of people own them. So I was talking to the guy, more than happy to talk to me. I had my Lightning, so he was curious about my Lightning. And we talked a while about uh, the Solterra, and he actually said it actually does really well. In uh, d There's a lot of dirt and muddy roads where he lives. A lot of the roads up there aren't paved. And he was talking about how it, it and he's owned like a bunch of Subarus. And he swore that the, the symmetrical all-wheel drive system that they have on the Solterra, he's like, it's better than any other Subaru I had. So um, that was a plus for the all-wheel drive system. Now the tires, I don't know exactly how many inches of of uh, of, uh, of sidewall you have, but I know that the Solterra in the base trim has the the taller tires. I think they're, they're 235 60 R18s. If you get the 20 inch wheels, then it's lower. It's like a 50 inch aspect ratio. Um, so the, the the standard wheels with the 18 inch, the standard setup with the 18 inch wheels would be a better go for you if if you were going Solterra. Um, you know, that would be more than enough range. You'd need a little more than 100 miles range. Uh, XC40, the Volvo XC40 that you mentioned would also be, I think, a, a good, um, you know, uh, cat, uh, a good shot for you. I mean, you, you have a model, a rear-wheel drive Model Y. If 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 you had the all-wheel drive, I almost think that would have worked for you also. But I, I don't really know what the clearance is on, on, on that. Um, but uh, as I see a lot of videos out there, people taking their Model Ys in crazy off-road places. So I'm guessing that that would work too. But you have rear-wheel drive, and I'm, I'm thinking you're going to need all-wheel drive for you're going over sand and so forth. But um, Solterra might be something to uh, to look at. I think you're all you were on the right lines when you were talking Volvo XC40 and Solterra. I don't know. I haven't spoken with anybody to talk to them about how well the XC40 does in in um, you know challenging road conditions and salt off road conditions. But I did run into somebody with a Solterra and he was impressed. Right on. That sounds pretty promising. Then, uh, Martin, do you have anything that comes off the top of your head? Well, the first thing that came to mind until you just threw me by saying these corrugations are super uh, gnarly and he definitely needs all-wheel drive. So this perhaps was a little bit uh, a little bit out of order. But I, we have a, a vehicle here called the Maxus, um, which is the T90, and it's a pickup truck, and it's got an 88-kilowatt-hour battery. Now, let me just have a look at this one. It's done 3,000. That's 1,000 miles. Let me find you a brand-new version on this. This is a brand-new pickup truck, 88.5-kilowatt-hour battery on the Maxus, and it's 25,000 pounds. So that's 28, 30,000 US dollars. Um well within budget in Australia, but it's two-wheel drive. So if what you say about these corrugations, they're gnarly, you need four-wheel drive, then don't don't look at this. In Australia, they sell this under the LDV brand. Now, both Maxus and LDV are owned by SAIC, yeah, those of MG fame, like the MG that I own. So um, they got a great backup behind them. And uh, yeah, down under in New Zealand, uh, I think they sell them as LDVs. I think it's still called the T90. Either way, uh, yeah, but it's two wheel. I think it's two wheel drive. So, but otherwise, look, it's a pickup truck for twenty five grand, and it's brand new. Um, and it's not the most capable, but it's got the ground clearance you want and all those things. But um, it's uh, it's it's inside. It's okay. It's very analog in terms of its dials, um, and it's very much uh, you know a combustion car that is uh, in EV world. It's got the old analog dials for things like that. But you don't seem to mind. 
I totally, totally agree with 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 what Tom says on the the Volvo, the the Subaru Solterra, um, all very good. What we need is a better conversion industry that at the minute is small and growing. Uh, but there's companies over here like, well, this one's called Electric Car Converts, and they sell kits. And so if I have a look at uh, some of the kits uh, that they've done, uh, this was a Land Rover Defender 90, for instance. You get a donor vehicle, and uh, their kit that you drop in, well, this one was £33,000. Again, I don't know how that, that relates to Aussie dollars, but it's a kit that they it's, – it's all the bolts are in the right place. You take out the combustion stuff, you drop in. If you're handy and you fancy a project, then we need more stuff like this because with a great donor vehicle, you can pick up a half-decent Defender for – 10 grand and uh, the, the 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 perhaps the 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 engine is is shot although some of them are pretty reliable anyway but look you can get a um a kit for a jeep wrangler as well and they they're not bespoke they are kit kits that they'll ship anywhere in the world uh this range rover classic oh that was a 50 grand uh kit but either way um we need more stuff like this so because the, these donor vehicles some of them are, are in fine shape now some of them are obviously you know rusty and and uh and you know what have you but some of them the donor vehicle's good but the engine's knackered or the the drivetrain's gone and and you can put these these kits in some of them are tesla kits and some of them are other vehicles as well and you sound pretty handy sasha and so maybe Maybe this would be this would be beyond me, but if you fancy a project, we need more stuff like this. And then you would have an all-electric Land Rover that would do maybe 80, 90, 100 miles, but boy, oh boy, would you have something that very few people in the world have got, and it would be ultimately capable wherever you want to go in your rural area. Um, again, these kits will ship anywhere in the world. I don't know what donor vehicles are like where you are, and uh, you know, or getting it done whether it's just price prohibitive. But we we need more of an industry like this uh, because you've got a, a reasonably specific use case and this would fix it. Right. So uh, Sasha does seem pretty handy. At one point, he said he uh, converted a, a 1982 Toyota Hilux, Hilux and he put like 600 kilograms of lead-acid batteries in it, which is it's a lot of batteries. Um so, so that's an interesting idea though with conversion. But I, th- I kind of lean uh, Salterra. Uh, that's got a, a 8.3 inches of ground clearance, so it's got the ground clearance you're looking for, and and it's got the what do you call? Um, it's got X mode all-wheel drive is what they call that feature on uh, on the Subaru Salterra, and I can show you what. So uh, our colleague Kyle Connor had this out. He says the Expo all-wheel drive system is a really great off-road. But uh, I have a wild card here. I would suggest possibly a uh, a used Jaguar I-Pace. So, so ground clearance is low at 6.5 inches, but it has active air suspension that can be raised up. So it's up to uh, 9.4 inches. It might not have the off-road chops of like a Defender, say, but it uh, should be decent enough, I think. And price-wise, if we take a look here, I think I found one for, yes, here it is. Model uh, I-Pace, yes, 75000 uh, Australian dollars. So that's in your budget. And, and to that point, the I-Pace is incredibly capable off-road. It's, it's, it's remarkable, does well in... in, in 
uh, all-wheel drive on, you know, uneven surfaces, sand, dirt, mud, and everything. They, like, almost over-engineered the I-Pace. It, it really can handle itself in, in any uh, terrain, especially if you put the right tires on it. Nothing can go anywhere. Right. I, I think the knocks against the I-Pace were what, the software, original software? Mm-hmm. But that's been it might not be somewhat. big enough for them either. Like, that doesn't have a really big hatch in the back. True. I think it's smaller than the Solterra, even oh, wow. with, the, with the seats down. Oh, really? If you are going to maybe go I'm wrong. Place. I haven't been in one in a while. I just remembered yeah. it seemingly not to have a lot of room back there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on the iPace, yeah, they did change the software. So if you want to get the new software, uh, the dead giveaways are the rear seats were a sixty forty split on the original cars and then they did uh the three-way folding seats in the back of the i-pace where you could just fold the center section down rather than having a ski hatch um uh which would be like 40 20 40 or however they meant to say it. um look that's the dead giveaway because it was at that point at which they also introduced the new software you can tell just by looking by the way on the screen it just looks different um but that if you're looking at pictures that's the dead giveaway that's the newer iPace. It was around 2020 model year. I think it changed, um, but okay. the, forum, the forums will tell you more. It's a great. It right. is a great vehicle in terms of depreciation because it's going to be a one-off vehicle. They're never going to make any more of them like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 a weird thing, um, and yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot about charging issues on some DC early old really old DC fast chargers misbehaved on the iPaces for a while. Okay. I don't know if, it, if it ever got fixed, but um, yeah, have a look at that. Yeah, definitely. If it, if it's if it does strike your fancy, go to the iPace forums. Just you know, search search the web for iPace forums, and you'll find lots of information. People with uh, real life experience, uh, but ten people, of course, people tend to talk about things that go bad more than to talk about things that go good. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, and yeah, I just saw them. I saw a bunch of iPace yesterday at the dealership, and I was reminded about how much I like the looks of these things. Man, they're good. I think they're a good looking vehicle. Anyway, we should move on. So our next case comes to us from Ray, who sent us an email and says, Hi, guys. I live in Southern California. I have two dogs, a 140-pound Great Dane and an 85-pound Golden Doodle. I'm semi-retired and drive about twelve to 15,000 miles a year. I just added solar to my house and built the system to accommodate an EV. I currently drive a 2007 Lexus GX470 with 201,000 miles, and I've owned it for almost 14 years. I'm looking for a vehicle that's large enough to accommodate the dogs. Budget is 50,000-ish. I'm a person who keeps cars for 10 plus years. Also, could you suggest a portable plug-in level two charger? Your input is appreciated. Thank you, Ray. So, Tom, I heard, I saw plug-in uh, was it level two charger and like this is right up your alley so maybe we should kick off with that little nugget well so it depends on what you want to spend uh if you, if, if if you have a healthy budget for it uh, i really like the j plus booster now it's expensive it's like six hundred dollars i think it's 5.99 but it's the best portable level two charger on the market today and that thing will less you you like to keep your cars for 10 years this that charger will 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 uh, last the full 10 years or more. Uh, if you want to save a little bit of money, um, it's possible to go for the Webasto uh, unit. Uh, I think it's a good solid unit, but 
Um, I have had some of my followers tell me that they they're getting premature failures on them, not um, not lasting as long as they should. Uh, you could consider Tesla Mobile Connector; it's a really good connector, but uh, uh, but then you're using an adapter. Uh, it's 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 aggressively priced the, the Tesla Mobile Connector, so you could probably get that and an adapter for what you know you'd you'd pay for uh, uh, the, uh, a charge even for less than what you pay for the J Plus booster. Um, depends on how many how often are you going to use that portable uh, unit. If it's once in a while, it doesn't really matter if you have the adapter. If it's something that you're thinking about using like for daily charging, and you just want a portable thing to plug in, then I probably would tell you not to get something with an adapter because in a perfect world you don't want to use an adapter all the time you're just adding another point of failure so um that's those are three three decent options depending on your budget and uh how often you're going to use it as for the vehicle you know i hate to keep going back to we, we talk a lot about used e-trons um that would probably have the room for your dogs uh if you can stretch your budget to new, Kia EV9 might be a good vehicle for you. That'll certainly fit the two big dogs back there. Um, you know, that's that, that that would probably be where I would start with those two vehicles. It's calling an Audi e-tron. I don't know why that slipped my mind for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely got some some room, and it's like a great car and a great value now used. You can find you know, super low yep. low mileage for just over thirty thousand. $30,000 uh, used, relatively new. Uh, Martin, do you have any suggestions? I, I'm definitely going to lean into what you say about how long you keep your cars. Mm. And for that reason, I say Tesla Model X. And I'll tell you why. Because none of us know what EV world will be like in 10 years' time. And the new market is all good and great, and people lease cars because they want the latest, greatest software, and in two years' time, the cars are different. They chop them in. and not It's not the cheapest way to get a vehicle, by the way. And you know that because you did 200,000 miles in your Lexus. And so combustion cars have a robust service. You know, Lexus stuff, Toyota stuff, uh, any of the big OEM stuff is you can get your hands on an original part or a factor part and if you're handy you can do it yourself you can find any any mechanic that will do it once a vehicle's out of warranty and you're not worried about main dealer servicing now tesla got very generous warranty on their vehicles but in your budget you want a nice car you may well be getting a model x that's out of out of warranty anyway is it sixty thousand miles i've not looked at the tesla warranty in a long time i know it's pretty it's pretty generous compared to some but if you want to be driving this vehicle in the year 2033, the only thing that I can, the only EV that I can think, which is going to have the best third party solutions is Tesla. So if you're going to keep a vehicle for 10 years, I'm not saying that Audi e-tron bits won't be around or Mercedes EQC bits or whatever, but if you are going to keep this vehicle for 10 years, the only recommendation that I could give you, because the community for Tesla is so big, is that if that battery pack goes out of warranty, that's a really expensive replacement. And the only shops that I know of, the third-party ones, we've got them over here, we've got some third-party um, shops that are doing great Tesla bits. And I think, you know, in, in the US, I think the YouTube channel Rich Rebuild did a lot for repairing teslas of a period of time he's kind of moved on from the tesla thing but still he's a rivian guy now and he loves his rivian but still i'd lean into a model x because in eight years time if that battery pack goes 
and something's going to go. That inverter goes, whatever. I think that's the most robust third-party community to get you out of that hole that's not going to be ridiculous. Like I talk about that iPace charging problems that I read about on the forums and stuff. You take that iPace back to Jaguar Land Rover and you start seeing their hourly rate of diagnostics wrapping up, racking up. They'll probably find the problem, but the bill's going to be big, my friend. So I'm worried about that. You're a 200k, a 200 mile kind of guy. I'd say that. Hmm, interesting suggestions. So I hadn't thought about the Audi, but I think that's a great idea. I don't know about a Model X long term like that, man. It seems like it. I don't know. The screen, the, the screen's gonna go, and then you're gonna need a new screen, and everything's gonna go. You're gonna need new bits and bit. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, originally, I, I thought 2023 Aria. Uh, there's a Venture Plus. It's got a cargo height of 26.9 inches. I'm not sure if that's really a lot for a Great Dane, <laughs> but uh, so then I just realized something else. Just slightly over your budget is the uh, Mercedes-Benz EQB. That starts at 52750 You might be able to find something out there for below MSRP. I don't know. It's, you never know. It's possible. I know our local dealer has a bunch on the lot. So uh, maybe there's similar situations out there when people are ready to deal a little bit. It does have a, a fair amount of space in the rear as far as like headroom from the floor to the roof i'm not sure what that f- number is in inches but you know i stuck my head in one yesterday and it seemed like you know pretty generous and plus you could fold the rear seats down and of course it's a mercedes so 10 years shouldn't be an issue i, w- I would hope you know and the interior was quite nice i thought it was pretty nice if you're going to spend a lot of time in a car and you had a lexus before this is kind of like the level of uh, luxury i think that uh, you would appreciate Right. Yeah. So I think that's my recommendation. Uh, so I guess let's move on to our final email. Um, back, our last email comes to us from Bob. He writes, hey, Dom, Kyle, Martin, and Tom. I love your podcast, uh, which helped me actually know more than my dealer when I purchased my Rural Drive Extended Range mach in January of 2022. But should I keep it? My previous car was a Mini Clubman S, and though I love the Mach-E, I really miss driving on rails, the, the driving on rails handling of the Mini. I love the Mini Aceman concept, but it's a concept. Will it be sold by 25, and will it have low range, given Mini's EV history? Have you heard any de- details about it or the new Countryman EV? Uh, do you think I am likely to find an EV in January of 2025? with the handling I prefer, and also the summer range of 300 plus miles like my Mach-E. Regarding a replacement, I prefer a smaller vehicle than the Mach-E. I'm intrigued by the Volvo uh, EX30, but the 275 miles of EPA range is well below the 300 to 350 summer miles I get, or my Mach-E gets. Do you expect I'll be able to find a suitable replacement, or will a range win out and I'll instead keep my Mach-E? Thanks. Bob. All right, so that's a bit of a lengthy email. Sorry, I didn't. I should have could have cut it down a little bit more than I wasn't sure what to cut out. Though all these little bits sounded kind of important. So, uh, any anything uh, you know anything about minis right off the top of your head, Tom? So the funny thing is, all this talk about Mach E made me think about something that I should have remembered for the first person. The person remember the person from Australia? Yes. How about Mach E Rally? Yes. Oh. 
It's a little expensive, but I, I know it's a little. I, I think it starts at sixty-five, and his budget was sixty or sixty-two yeah, or something like right, that. Right. So maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, and I don't know what the price is in Australia, but if he can get a hold of one of those, that's the all-wheel drive that's made for driving off-road, like that. That like that we should have we should have recommended that for number for the first one. So that, <laughs> plus that, it looks that, awesome, man. That's, right? that's, plus that's, it looks <laughs> awesome. So like yeah. Um, Okay, so sorry, sorry to sidetrack number three, but we got to add that to number one. Um, I don't even know if it's available in Australia, but it probably will be eventually. I know Ford's in Australia, right? So, I mean, you know, in any if event. Ford is, yeah. Yeah, so um, here's the thing. You, you want something to handle on rails, but you want it to have 300 miles of range. How do you get 300 miles of range? By putting in a big battery. You put in a big battery, you add weight, you lose that handling on rails. So, you know, it's 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 going to be very I know I don't think you're going to get in 2025 a 300 plus mile EV that drives like a Mini Cooper that, you know, you know, that I just don't think you're going to get that. You're, you're not going to get that same tossable uh, feeling. You know, I talk a lot about how my i3 and the i3s um, had that the handling on rails type of feel like the like the Mini Cooper, maybe not quite as good as a Mini Cooper, but um I don't think an, a used i3s would work for you. Um, it's possible. It's not going to have the range that you want, though. It's you know unless you got the range extender. Um, but then even the one with the range extender weighs more, doesn't handle quite as well as the Bev does. But um, Volvo EX30 isn't going to really have the 300 miles. I mean, you're asking for a lot more than 300 miles of range. There's not a lot of EVs out there to do that to begin with. And and then you want it to handle you know like a like a Mini Cooper. Um, you know, Porsche's coming out with the Boxster uh, electric in uh, a couple of years. It's probably going to be out of your price range, but um, I bet you that's going to handle like it's on rails. They'll figure out a way of, of making a, a long-range EV handle like it's on rails, but uh, you're going to pay for it. Uh, I haven't driven an EX30. Uh, I'm anxious to drive one because I, I liked it. I saw it in person, sat in it and everything, but didn't drive it. I'm actually reserved one. Uh, I, I may buy one, uh, but... Um, uh, you know, it's 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 hard to. I don't, I don't really have an answer for you. I don't think you're going to get a 300 plus mile EV that drives like a Mini Cooper. It just doesn't exist, and it's probably not going to for a little while. Tom absolutely said it perfectly. What you want is big miles, which means big battery, and there's not magical tech that's two years away. Despite Toyota's solid state batteries being just on the horizon for the last 20 years, or Tesla's Battery Day, which promises groundbreaking new technology. And, oh, look, the Cybertruck is about the same as 18650s. Uh, apart, look at what's coming out of China, because some of the technology there from the world's biggest EV battery company, CATL, and I'm not an apologist, by the way, for all the stuff coming out of China before you accuse me of that. But there is some interesting stuff, like the MG Cyberster is coming. That's going to be a, a big high-mile two-seat sports car. The YouTube videos on that look really good, because the it's Chinese... Uh, mm -hmm. the English-speaking Chinese reviewers or the expats that are living over in China. And again, look, they've got, again, I know all this, they've got access to a car that's made by the Chinese state, effectively, given how many subsidies are going on. Um, and they're not going to leave a massively critical review. I know all of that, but that car's in China right now. It comes to Europe next year. I think the UK is 12 months away. Um, the, the US, I don't know, but there is stuff around that's going to have 
really good range and be really good fun because you don't say that you've got to take the dogs out and stuff like that in your email. You just you just say, hey, I want a, a really fun car. And all the ones that I thought about, which was like the Tesla Model 3 Performance, which is incredible, and the Polestar 2 Performance Plus with the Olin's dampers and all that, it's just brilliant. But it's all the same size as the Mustang Mach-E that you've got. So just keep that car because it's also brilliant. Um, in terms of small cars, there are great cars. You said the new Mini. Well, the new Mini is out now. And um, and, and the, 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 the Honda E. May it rest in peace, because they just killed it. But that's a great little car, but none of them are going to give you 300 miles of summer EPA, let's face it. So it's a, it's physically, a, it's a physics thing. It's the battery tech isn't there yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, watch, watch China, but a lot of it depends on it being sold in the US, and uh, probably won't be. <laughs> I think the I think the minis come here in uh, the late 2024, so it's still a little while I think before they're even available here. And it's the Countryman, and I'm not sure that Countryman is built on the uh, BMW iX1 platform, so I don't think it's going to handle quite maybe like uh, your other like the mini you're used to. Um, so my suggestions, I have a couple: uh, Polestar Two. Which, like, like Martin was saying, it's not really smaller though than, but I, th- I think it might be a, a sportier handling car. Um, I, you could always take one for a test drive. I mean, that'd be a lot of fun anyway, just to go and try one out. And so, great excuse to head over and hang out with, with Polestar folks and just see what that whole you know brand is about because it's a nice brand, really. Um, but that's going to be a lot less range than three hundred plus miles. Actually, if you get the if you get a single motor, there's one that's over 300 miles, though, right? Yeah, so the new one. Yeah, the new one. They added, they added range and efficiency to the single motor. Yeah. They moved it from front wheel drive to rear wheel drive. Double thumbs up. Um, but but it's not going to be as good as the Performance Plus with the the pack. The pack, which, as Tom yeah. says, is like 245 EPA yeah. or something. That's why I thought you were talking about Performance Plus here. And yeah, no, this one's yeah, a 320 miles of range with a. Single motor, 2024 long range uh, single motor, yeah, and it's they have it starting here at 52,550 at this one one dealership I'm looking at, but I think it's the base is like slightly just below 50,000, and I'm not sure what I don't know if you can really negotiate with in the Polestar store the prices. I think they're kind of set. They're not like a traditional dealership exactly, right? Um, I think I believe they're company owned stores. Uh, so my other suggestion, if that doesn't quite do it, well, you could also, I'm not sure which, so you, you say you have a, um, an extended range rear wheel drive, uh, Mach-E, you could possibly upgrade to a used performance Mach-E. So you have that same Mach-E experience, but maybe with slightly better handling, uh, if you get it was the air suspension or the Magna ride. Magna ride on the top performance spec. I don't know if you can find out anything out there used uh, that took a depreciation hit. I'm not sure. I didn't really explore that before the show, but um, that's something I would definitely investigate for sure. Um, and my final suggestion would be the 2024 BMW i4 Grand Coupe eDrive 40 with 18 inch wheels, which puts you just over 300 miles of range if that's important. So BMW, uh, decent brand, I think. The i4 Grand Coupe, I've heard great things about its handling. Really, I think it really compares well to the Tesla Model 3. Just a rear-wheel drive, though. It might not be quite as quick as a rear-wheel drive, but it should be decent handling. It's rear-wheel drive, of course, so you have that rear bias. Um, pretty sporty feel, and it's in your budget. 
Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please leave them below or get in touch with us on the social media platform of your choice. Uh, don't forget, if you like the show, please give us a thumbs up, click subscribe, tap, bell, tap that bell icon for notifications. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us and we'll see you all again very soon. Ciao.